Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, President of Borealis. I'm recording this Quick Hits podcast on the 28th of March, 2020. And yes, we are still in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis here in Canada and around the world. But I thought I would change things up a bit and not talk about COVID and not talk about our reaction to the coronavirus and get back to a subject which is more natural for me and frankly more interesting. That is the subject of terrorism. And the genesis of this podcast was an article I read a couple days ago in the Globe and Mail, which is Canada's main newspaper, under the title, Turkish Prosecutors Indict 20 Saudi Nationals Over the Khashoggi Slaying. Now, of course, this refers to the fact that in 2018, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, who was an uh, American reporter, also a Saudi citizen, was lured to the Saudi consulate in Turkey and was brutally killed by a bunch of Saudis who had been sent there for that purpose. And of course, they've all fled back to Saudi Arabia and nothing's really happening. So the Turks really want to prosecute these people. They want to bring them back to Turkey and to try them in a court where the murder took place on their soil. And of course, Saudi Arabia has said that it's in Riyadh that they're going to be tried. And well, forgive me for being a little bit, I don't know, disbelieving of Saudi being genuine in this case. They're just going to, you know, uh, try a few people, not the right ones. In fact, the guy that should be put on trial is probably Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince who was probably the guy behind it in the first place. So why am I talking about the assassination, the brutal killing of Jamal Khashoggi in Turkey a couple years ago? Well, it has to do with another story that I want to feature, which really is more terrorism-related. I'm not sure that the Saudi killing of Khashoggi could be classified as terrorism. It was a brutal killing, but not necessarily terrorism. But there's an article I read in The Guardian about a month back or so saying that Kurdish forces in the north of Syria that sort of quasi-independent enclave they have up against the Turkish border, had decided finally to try some of the ISIS fighters they've had in custody for quite some time now. These are mostly foreigners, the so-called foreign fighter phenomenon, people who join ISIS from, well, upwards of 100 countries around the world, upwards of 30 to 40,000 people decided that joining ISIS was a good idea. Several hundred from Canada, about 2,000 from England, etc., etc. And what the Kurds have been trying to tell the rest of the world for months now is that these people should be sent back to their home countries, i.e. repatriated, and let the home countries figure it out. Now, Canada is one of many countries that have said, "Uh, no, we don't want these guys back. They're terrorists. They have nothing to offer us, and you can take care of them. And then the Kurds replied initially, well, we can't take care of them. We're not a real state. We don't have a justice system. We don't have a court system. And this has been going back and forth for quite some time now. A couple of countries like Kazakhstan and maybe even Russia, a few more, have agreed to take back their citizens and do with them whatever they want in their countries. I noted the, the vast majority of countries have said no, including my own. And I've always said that's the right decision. Canada should not repatriate people who committed crimes in a foreign country. And the analogy I give is that if I go to, I don't know, Grenada, an island in the eastern Caribbean, and I kill someone in Grenada. Is it not the duty, and I would say the right, of the officials in Grenada to arrest me, charge me, try me, and if found guilty, to incarcerate me? Absolutely. If you commit a crime on a foreign country's soil, that foreign country has every right to demand that you face justice in that country. That's where the crime was committed. That's the laws that were being contravened. So why is it that when it comes to foreign fighters, like those that join ISIS, these are terrorists. They joined a terrorist organization. They knew what they were getting into. They committed all kinds of crimes, who knows what, in foreign places. 
Why is it that people, and I've, I've come across a lot of them here in Canada, why are they screaming for us to bring back Canadians to this country and charge them, bring them to trial, when it would be a Herculean task to try to gain enough evidence that would stand in a Canadian court? You have to gather evidence in a foreign land. A foreign land that's, by the way, is has been under war for the past, oh, I don't know, 20 years or so. Difficult to collaborate with local officials. D- difficult to try and figure out what evidence, if any, is actually in existence. And then you have language issues, you have culture issues, you have reliability issues. When in fact, the best solution is to allow them to stand trial and serve their punishment there. Some have argued, well, you know, if the Syrians or the Iraqis catch them, they subject them to very, very quick trials. It's not fair. They're found guilty and they're executed. And I, for the record, I'm not a fan of the death penalty. Never have been a fan of the death penalty. But then again, on the other hand, if you don't want to be killed by the state, then don't do a capital crime in the state where those laws apply. I mean, you simply have to know the information. You have to be aware of the local laws when you travel anywhere in the world. I was caught for speeding in France with a speed camera. We don't have speed cameras here in Canada. I paid the fine because I committed the offense in France. Now, committing a speeding offense is not the same as killing somebody. I recognize that. But I don't understand why there are so many people that think these Canadians or French or British or German or whatever citizens can only be tried fairly in a Canadian court. Where do we get this sense of superiority from? Where do we get this sense of we're the only ones that can do it right? The bottom line remains is that the crimes that were committed by these people who are terrorists, they could involve murder, they could involve rape, they could involve torture, they could involve all kinds of things that ISIS is known to have done, were not committed in Canada. Yes, they're Canadian citizens, but they chose to go to a foreign country to commit these crimes. Ergo, they must be tried in that country. And I think what's happening with the Syrian Kurds is they've, they've realized and they've been very frustrated that we here in Canada and other parts of the world have not risen to the to the call and moved heaven and earth to bring our citizens back. We have said, look it, uh, they're not our problem, they're your problem. They've basically renounced their citizenship. And, in, and we have a famous case here in Canada, the man called Ferris Sheridan from Calgary, Alberta, who did join ISIS and he posted a video online. He's very proud. He burned his Canadian passport. He said, I'm no longer Canadian. I'm part of the caliphate. I'm part of this new grand experiment that Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi has started when he named himself caliph. Great. You're now an ISIS citizen, which means that you're no longer Canadian, which means that if you commit a crime in a foreign land, you're subject to the penalties of that land. I mean, am I, am I missing something here? To me, it seems so blatantly obvious. You know, I always tell a story when I talk to audiences about this issue. And I say, my memory, when I went, first went to Singapore many years ago, got off the plane in Singapore. And as you're going from the aircraft to the customs hall, you pass this big sign. It's like a huge, huge sign. And it says, essentially, if you bring drugs to Singapore, the penalty is death. There's, there's no wishy-washy. There's no uncertainty over this. They're quite plain with it. They, the, ex, the penalty for, de- for drug smuggling is death, the death penalty in Singapore. And in fact, they have killed some foreigners for this very, very offense. So... Are we crying to bring Canadians back from Singapore who deal drugs in Singapore? I don't think we are. I mean, sure, I think we probably have maybe some interest, a little bit of interest in ensuring that the trial is fair and free, that the Kurds are going to give them. But the Kurds have every right to try these people. And if the penalty for that particular offense in Kurdistan or Syria or Iraq is the death penalty, who the hell are we? as Canadians, Americans, Europeans, whatever, to say, you can't put our citizens to death. If our citizens made the asinine decision to join a terrorist group, 
and carried out heinous crimes in that terrorist group's behalf. I don't really give a rat's ass what happens to them. I'm sorry, do I seem, do I sound un-Canadian? Do I sound mean? Do I sound cold-hearted? Frankly, I don't care. A terrorist is a terrorist. And what happens to a terrorist, that's not my problem. They made the choice. Sometimes bad choices are made. You know what? You make bad choices, bad things happen. End of story. Let me know what you think. Am I, am I wrong? Do you agree with the repatriation of Canadian citizens that fought for ISIS? Should we bring them back here? Should we try them here? And if we can't, we can't convict them, we let them go? Let them roam free in, on Canadian soil because they've repented or recanted or whatever the hell it is that they say they do? I'm curious. Send me your opinion. You can reach me on email, borealisfrescuegmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at borealisfrescuegmail.com. Or leave me comments on Facebook or LinkedIn or on my webpage itself. You can always subscribe to all the material on Borealis, the podcast, the blogs, Today in Terrorism, etc., etc. Simply go to www.borealisthreatenedrisk.com, hit the subscribe button, fill in your information, and you'll get a daily email with all the, in- all the free information that I just alluded to to your inbox on a daily basis. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.